Yo, yo, what's good, what's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Nosebleeds Podcast, episode three. Today, of course, I got my main man, Corey, with me. Yes, sir. But we do have a special guest today, you know, one of my old-time good friends, Josh. Okay, okay. Big Rex, they long. What's up, what's up? Come on. See, I wouldn't be they was wrong, yeah, man, this uh, episode is definitely going to be a very interesting episode that we're going to have a lot of juicy topics that we're going to talk about. And, um, you know, hey, we're going to get right into it. Um, so just recently, uh, well, about a week ago, um, as of now, um, we've had one of the top prospects in the country, high school prospects. Um, Mikey Williams mm-hmm. from California, um, wanting interest in joining the HBCU. Um, we definitely have never heard of a top prospect wanting to do something of that nature. So it's kind of been, you know, shaking up the the sports world for a little bit um, as we talk about that. Um, I definitely have a few insights on that. But before I speak, I would definitely like, you know, y'all to get y'all's insight on this topic and see how, um, what y'all think about it. For sure, for sure. I'm going to go ahead and let Josh go ahead and take the floor. Okay, so on this uh, on this particular topic with Mr. Williams, you have a top prospect wanting to go to HBCU, which is historically unheard of, right? We could easily say that. Correct. By him doing that, For sure. he's, he's literally changing the way we're looking at college sports. By a top prospect actually going to an HBCU, even if he is one and done, the exposure that it actually brings to that HBCU and, H- and all HBCUs is tremendous. The, the amount of media coverage mm-hmm. and the potential money that will, it will bring to that, those universities or colleges will be astronomical something that has never been seen from those institutions so for in my personal perspective um i am i am an african-american male and from my perspective i do believe it is a good thing for him to actually introduce top prospects considering hbcus and, and, and any prospect considering hbcu to further their education and further their growth within their own so within their own people so to speak for sure, for sure. Like that that's definitely some great insight on on everything you just said cuz that'll be a game changer for not only HBCUs but kind of be a wake up call for the Division 1 schools. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, cuz as the society is is today as far as like making change for our culture and you know our society just based off what's going on in today's uh, uh, world, um, that could be a definitely a significant part of change um, demonstrated. 
as you know, we try to put more insight on the HBCUs to give them exposure and not only just the division ones, the big, you know, top 10 schools that everyone else looks at and, you know, they can get exposure as well. So I definitely like your insight on that. Um, Corey, I know you had something to say as well too about it. Yeah, for sure. So I, I got a couple statistics I was looking at earlier today. Um, and so basically I kind of just want to let everybody know the disparity between, you know, your typical top schools versus where the HBCU stands. So, you know, we all know that sports are like a big revenue getter for these schools, right? Um, and of course, football is usually number one at any school, but basketball is usually number two right behind that. So let me just kind of throw out some numbers right here so everybody can really understand how big of a gap there is between the money that these top schools bring in versus these HBCUs. So uh, this, these numbers are from the 2018 season, right? And so these are some of the top schools in the nation, uh, what all of their sports programs bring in combined. So the number one school on the list was the University of Texas. And that's no surprise. Everybody knows all the money's in Texas. Um, they got yeah, you know, exactly. all the supporters and everything. <laughs> um, so number one, the University of Texas, they brought in $219 million in 2018. <laughs> exactly. Wow. $219 million. That's through all their sports programs together. Uh, I'll go down the list. Number three uh, was Ohio State. They brought in $205 million. Uh, number five was the University of Alabama. They brought in $177 million. Go all the way down Sheesh. to number 10, uh, University of Florida. They brought in $161 million. Now, out of this whole list, I got to go down to 150 before we get to the first HBCU. On the this first list, HBCU. The first HBCU. <laughs> 150 on this list. And what, what, uh, yeah. What's the name of that HBCU, by the chance? That's Prairie View A&M. Uh, okay. Wow. Which is in Texas. In Texas. <laughs> now, keep in mind, Texas I said Hill. University of Texas <laughs> brought in almost 220 mil. Prairie View brought in $18 million. So just just Jeez. listen to that disparity. That's a two hundred million dollar disparity in the athletic yeah. in the athletic programs. So you say, what's yes. the difference? What's the difference in those two programs? Exactly. What's the difference? Yeah, you've got the all this. Level. Exactly the talent level. The talent level. Talent level. The prospects. The exposure. The exposure. Exactly. Yep. All the boosters. All that. And so what we're getting to here is that this one player, Mikey Williams, not not to put all the pressure on his back because you know he's he's only what, fifteen years old. He's a freshman in high school. Fifteen years old. Yep. So not to put all this pressure on him, but just to realize that what his one decision can do for the entire HBCU landscape. You know what I mean? Like he may not bridge that entire gap, but he will most definitely, you know, raise the level of competition, most definitely turn some eyes and most definitely start a trend that would raise those numbers and, and you know, close the gap slightly. And that, that's really what we're getting to here because that disparity is, makes no sense. Makes no sense. Why is there $200 million difference? Yeah, between the top school and the top HBCU, that's that's mind blowing to me. And it's sad just because like those schools have so much money, anyways. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, just even the football programs, other programs that they have besides that, and it's like the rich get granted, the rich get like, richer. And that's what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's like, and it's and it's crazy how we get so we're so little on the totem pole mm-hmm. to where we can't even get a little nip of whatever, whatever money's out there mm-hmm. to our schools and just to get us, our name out there. Right. Fact. Um, and that's reading a little bit more on this topic. Like 
he said one of the main reasons why he even thought about it is because his mom went to Hampton. Mm-hmm. I saw that. So his mom went to HBCU and um, definitely kind of exposed him around that campus to give him that culture to be like, look, like you can change something. You can be something different to where you can get our name back out there and, you know, in the in the sports realm to mm-hmm. where we can be like how we did back in the days where, you know, Jerry Rice, uh, Michael Strahan, all these um, well-known professional athletes who went to HBCUs um, have done. Because mm-hmm. it, it was only done back in the 80s because that was the only school they were allowed to yeah, go. Yeah, we had no choice. Or back in the 70s, because that was the only school they were allowed to go. Right. They weren't allowed to go to these big top 10 schools. So, um this is something that can definitely change the game for sure. And since he's done that tweet, um, he's gotten 20 offers from HBCUs, yeah. including FAMU, Hampton, North Carolina A&T, Norfolk State, and that's just the name of few. And, bro, that's, that's, um, let me stop you, too. That, that's sad when you think about it because it's, it's so sad. Those schools didn't even offer him anything before that because they didn't think they had a chance. Like, how, how sad is that? You know what I mean? Didn't even think they had a chance to get so, somebody like that. So exactly what you're speaking on, that narrative of the HBCUs not even thinking they have a chance to recruit a prominent black athlete. That's mm-hmm. very, that, that's, that's huge. That, that's a definitely mm-hmm. yes. topic to say. You're a, you're a you're yeah. historically black institution, and you don't feel you have the ability to, uh, to, to recruit a, a top black athlete. Because of you don't have the stature of these other institutions, and you can't offer them the ability to go to go potentially to the league or or these other endeavors that they may have, or or even 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 um even uh, with their education, you may not be able to provide the quote unquote proper education they would potentially like, and, and to change that into for that school to receive more money in an educational program, it's going to start from somewhere. Understand mm-hmm. everything starts from somewhere, mm-hmm. and this right here is that stepping stone. When you introduce a whole different type of money to that school and a whole different in a whole different image to the schools, because a lot of these schools just don't have the image of having top athletes, having top Correct. of having top intellectual individuals. They they don't have that narrative going with them. So so you say how important can this potentially be? It could potentially be very very huge to the yeah. future. Yeah, this is someone that can potentially shape. The future, such as a LeBron James has done with the with the NBA, or or any any other athlete, any other prominent athlete in any other sport. Mm-hmm. I, I I totally agree with you. Yeah, like this is something that is gonna be uh, a game changer when it comes to our culture and us having that mindset that we can do what y'all have done for years, mm-hmm. and if we just believe that we can get these athletes, he can be the first person to change that narrative of us. And, you know, it will be a trend moving forward. And that's what, it, what we definitely want to get to. For sure. Did you have anything else to say on that, Corey? Yeah, man. Uh, just one other thing, too. I think this is such a big deal, too, because it is basketball. Um, and for me, yeah. with the sport of basketball, it's, it's so much easier to make a big change. You know, when you look at football, you can be the best football player in the nation, but it still requires so many other things. You still need, uh, you know, 10 other guys on the field with you that, that are at least decent. You know what I mean? You still need a decent coaching staff. Uh, you still mm-hmm. need top-of-the-line facilities. You need a practice facility. You need a, a real field. You need top-of-the-line weight room. But with basketball, 
literally all you need is a hoop and a ball, and that's it. I mean, <laughs> if you that's get, what it boils down to. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. If you're a baller, you're your number one baller, like Mikey is. Like, it really doesn't even matter who's on the court with you. You you don't need top of the line staff and all that. Like, if you can go out there and drop thirty every night, you're gonna get noticed, regardless of who your competition is. You look at you know somebody like Steph Curry. He wasn't playing the top competition until he got nope. to the tournament, but his skill, those skills translate to the league. You know what I mean? You don't need all those other uh, things around you to stand out. With basketball, if if you if you can hoop, you can hoop. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, that's Corey, that's one thing why this is this is like has a real chance of making a difference. And Corey, to piggyback off what you just said, that's why mm-hmm. it really does have a real chance of making it because yeah. this, this is one of those sports where your numbers are going to really speak for you. If you're exactly. a person that goes on the court and you leave it all out on the court, such as a Russell Westbrook in the NBA, but mm-hmm. on, on a lower level, you have a lot of other guys that have done this, and that's just to use it as an example. But to say if you leave it all on the court, you will be recognized regardless on what level you're on. Regardless if you're an HBCU, D1, D2, NCIA, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what conference you're in. If you leave it on the court, you will be recognized. So a lot of our athletes, our, our, our African athletes, our African descended athletes have to understand that and honestly have to understand their, their, their morality of the situation and say, you know what, I would rather have a certain culture around me. I would like, mm-hmm. I would like, I would like a certain narrative to be depicted with my name along with that culture. Right. I want to get more from this than just money and basketball itself. Yes. And, that's, yeah. yes. and when, when that stigmatism changes in the minds of our up-and-coming athletes, because we have superstars every single generation. Every mm-hmm. single yes. generation, the African, the African people have plenty of generational people, generational changing people, like mm-hmm. like uh, um, effect, uh, affecting uh, numerous sports, not just basketball. You go to tennis. You had, you had, you had, you had a young black woman in there. We we can call names all day, and we'll be calling names all day. But you have them all across the board, from from golf to tennis to baseball, from from baseball to football to to to, to basketball. And even some of the ones that aren't mentioned a lot, such as swimming. So you, mm-hmm. you, have, you, you have all these variety of uh, sports, but we can't be afraid of the narrative, what's going to be depicted on us when we're the first ones doing it, when we're, right. when we're one of the only ones doing it. It's going to happen. You're going to be – you're one of the pioneers. You're one of those Ruby Bridges-type people. But understand yes. you are one of those people. Embrace it. Just mm-hmm. embrace it. Be strong enough and embrace it. For sure. Exactly. For sure. Exactly, because at the end of the day, like, you're playing your sport. It's the same court. It's the same ball. It's the same height, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> as anywhere else that you would play. It, doesn't, it shouldn't matter, you know, where you play in the platform, because at the end of the day, you're just hooping. You're yeah. just playing your sport. You're just playing football. If your talent is where it's at, your game and will take it to a whole nother level to where – you'll get that exposure no matter what where you play. For sure. So definitely y'all made some really good points when it came to this topic. And, you know, definitely, hopefully, you know, when that time comes, he'll make the right decision to yeah. be that to be that milestone in our society. Shout out to him, though, um, for real. I mean, to be 15 and recognize the power you have, man, big shout out to him. And shout out to his parents, too, because, I mean, that's that's just crazy, the maturity that – for to have sure. that mindset already. For sure. Don't exactly. Yeah. They're doing something right. Those, yeah. Yeah, don't forget those influential people in his life. For sure. He definitely sure. had influential people in his life. For, For sure. sure. Exactly. He's def- they're definitely doing something right over there in yeah. that camp. 
Um, but yeah, man, y'all moving forward, like next topic, we're going to talk about, uh, Kyrie Irving, mm. Mr. I think the world is flat. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Foot in his mouth. <laughs> Mr. A lot of things. Mr. Don't can't get, get right. Like, he can definitely hoop, but outside of hooping, like, okay. there's always something with Kyrie. On this topic, on this topic, I think we should respond as well as myself. What we're speaking on when we say when we're bringing up Kyrie and, yes. and his situation, Let, let's refresh. The oh yeah, so <laughs> oh yeah, we're definitely going. We definitely going to let them know. Yeah. Um. So Kyrie came out in a statement. I think it was about a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, about how he wanted to sit out, and that he spoke to other players about the upcoming. Uh, reopening of the season and how he wanted to sit out um, of the season because of not even because of COVID-19, but because of protest and thought that if he played or if the players played, it will be a distraction to what's going on in society and that people will forget about what's happening in the, in the country today, referring to, the protests, the George Floyd thing, everything that's going on today. Um, and he thought that he took a stand on not playing and, you know, thinking that was a good idea. So before I say what I need to say about it, what are y'all intakes about that? Do you think they shouldn't play? Do you think it would be a distraction? Can what do you I think request, about that? Can I request to go last on this topic? Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, no doubt. Of course. Okay, uh, man, it's so hard. The, Kyrie has a valid point, right? Like, I don't necessarily agree, but I can definitely see where he's coming from and I can respect it. But the fact that it's coming from Kyrie, like, I just can't take it seriously. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I literally can't wrap True. my mind around it just because of who it's coming from. Just all the, all the times he's misspoke and, and talked himself into corners and put his foot in his mouth. I'm like... This would mean a lot more if it was coming from somebody else. But the fact that he's yeah. the one leading the conversation, and not only that, but the fact that this man's hurt and out for the season. So, of course, Correct. like it's, it's nothing to tell for him to say, let's sit out. He's already sitting yeah. out. Yeah, so. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, what and do you really say? Just a, just, a, just a note, side note, he yeah. is um, vice president of the Players Association. Mm-hmm. Um so he did have like kind of a say so on what's going on, even though um, Chris Paul is the uh, president. He's the mm-hmm. vice president of six vice presidents um, that is part of that NBA player correlation thing. Facts. But um, that was just a little side note. But uh, you Facts. can go ahead and say what you want to say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I have no idea how he got elected, but that's that's a whole nother situation. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's my personal beef with him. But I mean, put all that aside. Uh, I can understand the point of view where, you know, they don't want to take attention away from everything that's going on, all the positivity, all the protests. And, you know, they don't want basketball to be a distraction from the main issue. But I look at it the other way around, though. You have the opportunity to have all eyes on you. And instead of it being a distraction, it is what you make it. If you want to make it a distraction, you can. But if you want to use that platform as an opportunity to raise awareness, you know what I mean, And, and speak out and use your voice. Uh, you have you're gonna have all the eyes in the world on you. You know everybody's looking for basketball to return. Everyone's looking for live sports to return. You're literally exactly. the viewership is gonna be higher than it would have been 
you know, would have been a standard season. So mm-hmm. you're missing out on a huge opportunity if you choose not to play. So like, so I get his, I get his reasoning, but man, why, why not play? You know what I mean? Why not? And on top of that, go ahead and get your money. You know what I mean? And put that money exactly. towards the cause. Cause if you don't play, you're not getting paid. So go exactly. ahead use the, use your platform, get the attention, get the money. Like that's such a better way to promote change in my opinion. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, Josh, do you feel like you're ready? I was ready from the get-go, but I just wanted to hear what you guys were saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if you want me to go now, I can go now. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, I could definitely do my little take real go, quick. Go ahead, go ahead and interject. Go ahead and interject. <laughs> I, 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 believe, I believe everyone that's listening to this will will, will respectfully like me last. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I got to hear this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, man. So everything that you were saying, like. This is definitely a time not to be silent. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like when you sit down and not take advantage of this platform, you're kind of being silent. And in, in a way, you know what I'm saying? Even if you're being a part of protests, blah, 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 they don't really, they're not really seeing you out there to, to, to basically see how you feel about the situation or whatever the case may be. This is a a platform that could definitely change the narrative mm-hmm. um, of of what's going on. Just because, like, for all the reasons you just said, like, the NBA has been a hundred days. No, that was two days ago. So it's been like a hundred and two days mm-hmm. since the NBA has been shut down, and we haven't watched basketball. Instead, we've been watching. Uh, people play 2k <laughs> like all these people playing horse all these people doing so we've been very eager to get back to this game um and watch something that the whole world loves to watch in a global sport mm-hmm. um and in this platform that i think that they have they can definitely reach a lot of people in a different way to where they'll be able to get sponsors for you know, the NAACP, uh, all these other, you know, nonprofit organizations that are, you know, down for the cause and are trying to get donations for the cause so that we can spread more awareness and help these organizations. And the NBA can definitely help doing that. And by sitting out, you're not only hindering that from happening, that real change but like you're stopping the growth of our culture because I feel like being silent is not a way of change. And that to me is how I feel about when you think about sitting out. And on top of that, like it's a check. Like, yeah, it's going to mm-hmm. be for six weeks. Um, you know, it's not going to be that long because it's just, they're just going to have the, the playoffs. Um, but, you know, that's such a platform to where we will be able to get somewhere as a culture and get to what we have to say and being promoted, either wearing Black Lives Matter shirts or doing whatever we can to get that notion out there that we're trying to make real change. Yeah. And it will show on that platform. Yeah. So that's that's my intake on it. So, you know. Last but not least, 
I'll let our guests <laughs> take the floor. The floor is yours. And, uh, you all know, right, so, have at it. So, first of all, I want to start off by saying I respect I respect both of the both of the co-hosts, and you guys are phenomenal people because I know you personally. But I'm going to say I respectfully disagree with everything you said. Um, not, <laughs> okay. all, not, not, not all the way in its entirety, but when it comes to Kyrie, I, I respectfully disagree. Um, Corey, you spoke on him being the vice president, and you don't see how he reached that platform. I would disagree to say – I, will understand, I don't understand how you don't see how he reached that platform. Kyrie Irving is a person that doesn't go along with status quo. He's a person that speaks his mind because he knows what's right, and he says what's right because he knows it's right, not because of the dollar that he's going to get. He doesn't speak on based on money. He speaks based on his pride. He speaks based on, based on, based on his wisdom and based on how he really truly feels. So he's 100% connected with everything he's saying. He's not saying anything with the motivation of anything in the sense of money. In the sense of money, it, that is not his motivation. You can clearly see that through what he's saying. When he's saying mm-hmm. sit out from basketball, he's not saying sit out from money. Understand Kyrie is tw- a $25 million a year man, $30 million a year man. We all know that. He is well paid already. And, and that's, sure. probably, that's probably why he is in a position to say, hey, guys, just sit out. Like, it's worth it. And he needs to understand that a lot of people need a paycheck. He needs to understand that. However, he's saying it from a good place. He's saying it from a place of if we cave in now and we start entertaining again. Understand basketball is a, a lovely, phenomenal game, but it's a mm. game none the least. It's an entertainment game none the least. It is for entertainment base. It is about money. So he understands if we give in and we're doing something to give them money, this is back to exactly what we're sitting out from. We're, 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 we're saying the police and we're saying, oh, and we're, saying, we're saying these injustices, but it's not isolated to just that situation. The prejudice goes way further than, than, than those situations alone. So when we're saying we're hitting them, in, hitting them in the pocket and we're saying we need to sit out and we don't need to bring any distractions to the movement. Understand what the movement is. The movement is not just simply just sitting out. It's to say let's let's focus attention to what's going on. The reason why we're sitting out from basketball is not honestly from COVID. We understand COVID was what was terrible, and it's still terrible. It's, it's still attacking a lot of people right now, and, and, and my heart go out to them. But it's not about just COVID right now. What's going on right now is we're talking about a, a social injustice, and with the social injustice, it's not just simply just saying a dollar amount or just saying sickness. If it was a sickness, I guarantee Kyrie, Kyrie Irving would still say, sit out from basketball because we need to keep our fans safe and we need to stay safe. We have families and we care about them. But it's not from that standpoint. It's from a standpoint of saying we have an injustice here and we want attention focused on that, uh, that injustice. We understand basketball can always be played. This injustice has been going on for a long time and we have not had the correct attention placed on it. So, therefore, when I go out there and I dribble that basketball and I put that basketball in that hoop, it's phenomenal. It brings me money. However, what does it do for my movement? It does nothing for my movement. The only thing it does for my movement, the only thing it does for my movement is, is, is draw any attention that it would be there away. Because guess what? Those fans are now smiling and they're not frowning anymore and they're not mad about what's going on. They're not sad about what's going on. They're not seeing the constant videos of injustices and people getting put down and people getting, people getting unjustly treated. I'm not going to go into the details because everybody watched the videos and I don't need to go into details. But, however, those, de- those are out there. But, however, when you start putting a platform on there for basketball to be on the platform, for football to be on the platform, guess what? On the mainstream, what's on the mainstream TV now? On the mainstream TV is not Black Lives Matter. That's not what's on mainstream TV. 
uh, 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 man getting choked out is not what's on mainstream TV. Guess what is on mainstream on TV? Tom Brady getting traded to uh, to to to, uh, to Tampa Bay. That's on mainstream TV. That's on mainstream mm-hmm. TV. Of uh, LeBron scoring the triple double and getting the MVP uh, of the season, and him and Anthony Davis. That's on mainstream TV. So that yeah. takes away from that in that aspect. So when we when we when we say Kyrie Irving and his situation and his situation, it's not just isolated to the game of basketball. And he's speaking on that note. And everybody, I, I, I believe people are isolating his actions just to basketball. But understand, he's a human being just like you, and he feels those things when he sees people on there getting hurt. He feels those things. He has to play with those things in his psyche. So when he's thinking about uh, 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 one of his brothers out there in the street getting choked out innocently, he has to play basketball with that in mind. And he scores 15 points, and you lose your fantasy basketball league, and you're mad at him, and he's like, (laughs) you don't understand why I scored 15 points tonight. I was dealing with a lot. Understand that I'm a human being, and he speaks out on being a human being a lot, which a lot of pro athletes don't, and I respect him for that. And he's very sensitive in that, and I, 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 I'm, I'm glad that he's sensitive enough to mention that. Like, like, like the sensitivity of, of, of men of color and men in general is very, cra- is very crazily low. Like, sensitivity yeah. within men is out there, and he displays that. He displays it openly. He displays a lot of stuff openly, he gets ridiculed for it. He gets, he gets one or two people to jump on the bandwagon. He gets ridiculed for it. But, however, mm-hmm. he's speaking a lot of truth. I think, it, I, I think it's um, not just going against Corey, and I'm not, I'm not, I mentioned you, Corey, and not just going against you, uh, um, Joe, because y'all phenomenal people, and I respect every thought that comes out of your mouth. But to say everyone that, uh, everyone that has to disconnect with Kyrie and why he's doing that, and this is my personal opinion, I always understand that this is only my personal opinion. It only matters. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Everyone that has that disconnect with Kyrie, just take a second, t- t- take a second back and put yourself in his shoes. A young black male that is gifted and can do something exceptionally well, and they're telling you to go do it, is despite of the injustice that happened to your brothers and sisters. Don't pay, don't pay attention to that. You need to go out there and honor my contract and go dribble that basketball and put seats in those, uh, put, put butts in those seats. And I, I, I hear you because I understand business and we're a capitalistic, um, we're a capitalistic country, and that's going into a whole other topic. But, however, I, I do understand capitalism and I understand the, the concept of you got a contract and you need to under that contract. So if they tell him to go in that court, guess what he got to do? You go in that court. He got to go in the court. If you, <laughs> yeah. now, if, you, if you sit out from going on that court, now understand you're doing a Colin Kaepernick type deal, and I respect exactly. that a lot. But understand, you're going to get the financial blowback, not me. Yeah. Now, now, if you if you can if you can deal with that financial blowback, because guess what, you've made enough money to say I'm okay with the financial blowback, but my people mean more to me, and my my, my heritage means more to me. Then I would say, you know what, I respect you as a man. I respect you. I, I respect you as a leader. And everyone, For sure. everyone, everyone wants to speak on his lack of leadership on the court. I don't respect that either. I think that's a lot of media hype. Maybe I'm a Kyrie lover. Maybe I'm a Kyrie lover, <laughs> but, but I tell you what, I tell you what, he says stuff like the earth is flat and everybody jumps down his throat. This guy, this guy is intelligent. This guy's intelligent. It's not like this guy's a dummy. He says it. Yeah, for sure, even, for sure. His intent of why he said it, and then people still jump down his throat like, I told you why I said it. I don't believe this specifically, but I told you exactly why I said it. And people still jump down his throat. It's like, hear him out as a human being and stop trying to all gang up on him so, um, so to speak, you know what I'm saying, and I think that's that. I think I feel like that's the narrative right now 
this this field is like let's gang up on him because he's saying something different from everyone else. And it's like, well, let's hear him out to see what his perspective is. Uh-huh. That's one of the biggest things. Just hear him out to see his perspective. And that, I'll end it on that. Real quick, real quick before we go to the next topic. Um, do you think, like, I, I totally agree with everything you just said. Um, definitely, like, I don't have anything to argue when it comes to anything you just said. However, I, I would say, do you think that without a plan of action, are you just sitting for no reason? Or, like, do you feel like you should have a plan? Like, I feel like what, 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 the reason why we're talking about the way Kyrie, or the way it was presented, it was no, mainly about no plan about how, how to go about it. Because I feel as if, like, if you're going to do something like that, you should have a plan on what on what's next. Okay, if you're telling a hundred NBA players or having the, the discussion with a hundred NBA players, like, hey, we should sit out um, for to represent whatever was going on in this country, then you should have a plan. You know, what I'm saying, okay, we should sit out. Okay, now what? You know what I'm saying? What are we gonna do to make that change? What are we gonna do ourselves? Or what is your idea? To be like, hey, um, okay, we're gonna do, we're gonna sit out, but we're also gonna do this to show us that we're we're trying to make a change ourselves and give a and give a platform to where we're 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 showing as the NBA representatives as the NBA to be like, hey, we're trying to input change because the only reason, the main reason of why we're talking about playing, it's not really mainly about the money. It's about the platform to induce change. Now, if you have a plan on how to do that without playing, then okay, cool. I mean, that's totally fine, and I and I get it. And if the plan works, cool. But if you're just saying sit out just to sit out, it's like okay, what what's your plan? Understand, he already implemented the first step of the plan. The first step of the plan is a financial is a financial setback. Sitting out those games and keeping the NBA out is a financial setback. That's first of all. Keeping the media coverage on the the, the real goal at hand. That's the second point. But that you hurts. Know, that, but that hurts only. That hurts everybody. That doesn't hurt one does, person. Okay. And, and and not and not playing isn't going to affect change as far okay, as financially. This this, this, this oh, okay. I, I'm not speaking on any of my thinking. It's just Kyrie's from what I've heard from the media. He's saying he doesn't want to take away from the, from the media coverage and, and the attention that the, that, that, that yeah. the movement is having. The movement is having a certain, is, is having a certain um, light casted on it. Put it like that. Yeah. It's having a certain light casted on it. It's, it's getting a certain amount of media coverage. Now, mm-hmm. when basketball resumes, understand we, we, we're, we're realists in this, in this situation. When basketball resumes, what is going to be the first thing on the page? Tip off, playoffs okay. versus you know so, whichever team. I, I and I get that. So, I definitely get that. Something relative to basketball versus versus a police brutality versus Correct. versus versus a hanging versus a hanging in the twenty first century. We're talking about still. We're still talking about hanging, Joe. Correct. So when, I, we're, so when we're talking, so when we're speaking about these different injustices. 
and keeping the media coverage on it, it's not to say it's not to say oh by by playing basketball specifically is going to take all the media coverage away. But to say what's the any potential that is taken away from that is is too much. If it's one percent, it's too much, and that's right. where he's at. Now, as a man, I can understand that. As a person that loves the game of basketball, I'll probably be like, all right, man, just just give in a little bit. Like it's the playoffs, you not playing in the playoffs, just just chill out. But it's yeah. like, nah, man, it, it's bigger. It's bigger than me playing in the playoffs because regardlessly, <laughs> regardless, the season is over for me. I, I have an injury. Regardless, it's yeah. out for me. It is out for me. It's out for me. So clearly, he's, he's not. I mean. That's always a motive in there too, and I will throw that out there, and 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 which is against me. But I would throw that out there. Yes, his season is over, so he doesn't have anything to lose by arguing. Let's sit out. So I think his morale, from where he's coming from, with his morale, I believe it's from a. I personally believe it's from a genuine place. It could not be, but mm-hmm. I personally believe it's from a genuine place, and he wants to see change, and, and this is his way of seeing it. I mean, like, maybe we don't agree with the way he's seeing it, but this is the way he personally is seeing it. Um, okay. How, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, I definitely see your point of view, and um, I definitely understand it. So we'll definitely – Corey, is there anything else that you would want to say um, on this topic? Uh, only thing I'll add, and I just want to throw some numbers out there again, is regardless of whatever decision – Kyrie or any of the other players in the league want to make is look at the look at the viewership of the NBA Finals last year. Last year you had 15 million people watching the television last year for the NBA Finals. And that, that was a down year, by the way. The year yeah. before that was 17 million. The year before that was 20 million. So you have the chance to reach up to 20 million people sitting in front of the TV. And I, I understand that they're tuned in to watch basketball, but you have the chance to bring awareness through the commercials. You have a chance to bring awareness through uh, if, if you want to wear any type of patch or any type of T-shirts during the pregame. You donations, to, donations, uh, whatever all that it is. type of stuff. Yeah. You're, you have the microphone during the post games. You know what I mean? So that's my thing. Regardless of the, the decision that's made, just realize if you sit out, realize what type of opportunity you're missing. I know people don't want to view it as a distraction, but look at the other way around. Look at how you can use that as a way to bring more attention. To like said, so 20 million people watching the TV, you know, looking for basketball, maybe trying to get away from the social justice that's going on, the social injustice, but you have a, an opportunity to bring their attention towards it even more. And that's my thing. Just, just look at that as, 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 you know, look at the opportunity and then kind of weigh the options from there. That's what I was, if I was standing in front of the NBA players right now, that's exactly what I would say. Definitely. And yeah. those are a lot of good points that, you know, everyone's had, um, especially on this topic, and it was definitely something that needed to be talked about for sure. Um, Moving on to the next topic, which is a little bit of kind of the same thing, Um, talking about Colin Kaepernick. You mentioned it, Josh, earlier. Um, But, yeah, about Kaepernick, and (laughs) everyone's finally listening. (laughs) Everyone's eyes are finally open now. Um. You know, now all the players want to get behind them. When then back then in 2016, there was only about three or four players that wanted to, you know, kind of do it with them. And, you know, just before we go too in-depth on it, um, the main question is, do you think that Colin Kaepernick should get another shot at the NFL? 
<clears throat> do you think he should take the shot um, of going back in the NFL? Um, and just that perspective on if he should play. I'll definitely let you guys take that floor first, um, however you want to do it. For sure. Well, to kind of go back to something you just kind of touched on, you said that, you know, now players are kind of standing behind them. And I think that just goes to show how much the landscape has changed in the last couple of years to where now players feel like they can speak freely. You know what I mean? They can act freely and really express themselves without that potential for, you know, the blowback from the owners or management or whatever the case may be. So I'll kind of commend, uh, you know, sports on that end to where it, it has opened up a little bit. Um, but in the same sense, my fear is that if he is given a chance to play now, which I do feel like he should get, he should get that chance. But if it's given to him, I just feel like it's going to be like a, a it's going to be viewed as a pity move. You know what I mean? Like teams waited this long. So it's like, now if you want to sign the man, it's like, you're doing it just for the, you know, for the media coverage, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just to say, Oh, okay, let's finally get him on a team to, you know, kind of shut the media up type of thing or to see if we can sell more tickets. I don't even see it as being genuine anymore because it's been what, <laughs> 20, 2016 has been four years now. You know what I mean? Why now? He's only getting older. You know what I mean? Uh, he's only yep, now he's 32. four years removed. Yeah, he's 32. Yep, 32 yep. So it's like, why now? I, I, I just don't know if I would see that as a good move. Like, I would love to see him back on the field, trust me. But now it's like I can't trust whether or not that's really genuine. You know what I mean? For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, I'll let you speak on that. Okay, so should he get another opportunity? Um, I'm an equal opportunity. So when you when you talk about does he get an opportunity, if his skill level is there, when you put him on the field against other people of his position, if his skill level is there, yes, full-heartedly. That's how I honestly feel about anybody. I don't care – when it went all the way back to a person like Tim Tebow, you put him, you you test his skills. If his skills are there, then he's the, he's he's deserving of a position. Now, should he get offered position? If I was him, would I take it? If I'm a GM, I I would be a little hesitant on offering him a position because similarly, like Corey said, he's a potential distraction. He's a potential locker room distraction. Bottom line, he's a potential locker room distraction. For sure, and you have to be aware of that. Now. If if I'm him, would I be would um uh, um would I be trying to get in the locker room? Um, I will be selective. I, will, I if, if I'm him and I am trying to get in the locker room, I'll be selective of who offers me. Whoever offers me, I'll be very selective of who I who I would take. But would I be? Why not? Why not? This is my craft. I as a little boy, I can remember playing this game and playing it playing it for hours with my friends for free. And it just enjoying the game of this, just enjoying this game. So as as a as, as a person and as a man, yeah. you enjoy the game. So 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 he's gonna he would enjoy the game. So in that respect, yeah, for sure. Now if you say him sitting out does something for um setting the movement and everything like that, he's done that already. He's proven his he's proven his, his, his success at that. He's proven his success at that. At this point, what would he be further proving by sitting out that he can sit out? Like and now, now mm-hmm. I do say this a little bit differently from basketball, only because he had he has gone down the road of sitting out, and he has gone he's gone down that road of actually that he's he's gone down that path and sought it out all the way to the Correct. end until he got a payout. You see what I'm saying? So he he's gone all he's gone all <laughs> yeah. the way down of being blackballed yeah. out the league. <laughs> he has gone all 
he has literally gone down he has literally gone down the rabbit hole of yeah. excuse my French, but fill it in BS. But but you see what I'm saying? But he's he's literally he's literally done that. So at this point it's to say if someone wants to offer him with something and he thinks that he, he thinks that team will be backing of him and he thinks that, that the fan base will be backing of him and he he will feel comfortable in that situation, yeah. I say go for it. I say go for it. Now that that's just how I feel that's just how I feel about him specifically because sure. of his past in which he has taken thus far. Like he's taking a he, he yeah. he's taking a very activist um, role. He he's take, he's taking mm-hmm. a, a loud role with what he's doing, which is He's taking this platform, how we spoke on platform before. He's taking this platform to a whole other place where yes. I guarantee people didn't even think he was capable of. And he's trying, yeah, he, and he's done Re- some he has. incredible things. Incredible, <laughs> incredible things. So for him to get back on the field, I would love, honestly, I tell you, as, as I'm not a fan of football, but I'm a fan of good sports. Exactly. I would love to see him out there on the field playing good again. I, I saw him when he, when, he had, when he had to run at the, um, mm-hmm. the, the, the Super Bowl years back, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this guy is active. I like this guy. You know what I'm saying? This, 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 yeah. This back when I used to like to watch Vic and stuff. So to see him on the field again, I would love to see him on the field. Like he he's an exciting mm. player. Like wow, he's an exciting player. So I would love to I would love to see him on the field. But if he doesn't get the yeah, opportunity, for it's sure, okay. like I think it will be okay. Uh, everything that y'all said is definitely to the T. Um, I know I've gained a lot of respect for Colin Kaepernick. Um, you for know, sure. he he's done something that no one would ever think about. You know what I'm saying? Doing as far as like a celebrity, a person of that nature, giving up everything for the cause. Like the la- the last person to do that uh, was Muhammad Ali when he re- when he. Uh, you know, with his military service. Yeah, exactly. That was the last person I could think of. I mean, to put those two names together, I mean. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's incredible. Yeah. That's very yeah. good company. That's, good I, that's incredible. <laughs> like, to give up millions of dollars for your cause and what you believe in and just to have, you know, uh, a few players stand by you, like Eric Reed. Uh, I mean, he stood by him, but a few players, you know, not willing to do that. It was it's crazy, and he really stuck with it. Like he didn't back down, and that's something that you know, as a man, like that's something you respect. Cause it's like you're really now that's trying to implement change. Like mm-hmm. when you try to do something like that, to where you really just don't care about the repercussions, um, or even your livelihood, like. You know, I'm pretty sure at that time of his life, like, he was already pretty decent financially. I'm pretty sure he owned businesses or whatever the case may be. But, I mean, he could have made a lot of money, a lot more money if he just didn't do it. You know what I'm saying? And For sure. um, yeah. get that chance to get the starting role back and do all that type of stuff. So, um, I definitely respect him as a player, as a man. And I would love to see him back on the field again. Because that's something that I feel like he deserves. Even though he did, you know, try to sue the NFL a few years back. Um, you know, it's uh, that's all good. But yeah, it was he had a right to do it. It was respectfully, respectfully show that he sh- he had the right to do that. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I definitely believe that 
he should definitely get a chance to, you know, represent himself and represent the team and in a winning organization because, you know, he's been to the Super Bowl. He's been to the playoffs uh, three times. Um, you know, he has the accolades already. And I feel like back then he was that modern-day uh, Lamar Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Like, he mm-hmm. was that running, throwing quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers to where it was like, well, dang, like, we ain't seen that since Vic. So, um, yeah, man, I definitely agree with everything that was said about him. And I hopefully, hopefully he gets a chance. I heard that the Patriots may be looking into him. That's what I heard. So, we'll really? see. I we'll see that. how that goes. Yeah, it was like uh, the Patriots and the Philadelphia. So, uh, we'll okay. see how that goes. But, um, yeah. Uh, hopefully that happens. But um, this has definitely been a really good episode. Um, I want to try and do something a little bit different. I'm going to do a little trivia trivia thing, uh, ending off the show, okay. um, so that we can, you know, kind of get some knowledge of certain things that we probably didn't know <clears throat> as we conclude the episode. Um, so... First question, this is a multiple choice question, so it's not like, uh, you know, you got to guess hard for this type of stuff. Uh, uh, Try to make it as simple as possible. Um, But this is like a um, HBCU question since I was majority of the topic um, today. So who was the first NBA player to win a championship that went to an HBCU? A, Charles Oakley. B, Sam Jones. C, Daryl Armstrong, or D, Earl Monroe? Mm, you want to take this, Josh? I think I know the answer, but I'm going to give you a chance. <laughs> Josh. I know, he's not, I know he's not Googling right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can't cheat. You got five seconds. <laughs> this guy. Did we lose him? <laughs> Oh boy, hopefully not. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So what's your answer to that? Oh shoot. Uh let's see. I mean it's either Sam Jones or Earl the Pearl. Uh but I'm gonna go Sam Jones. Can we yell our answer? <laughs> well uh, <laughs> actually uh Sam Jones Sam yeah. I I ain't on Google. Gonna be all right, first of all, I'm gonna go. We're not stupid, it's literally not stupid. So, yes, the answer is exactly the answer is Sam Jones. Okay, (laughs) he was the first to win uh, a championship coming from HBCU. He actually won 10 titles with the Boston Celtics in the um, with the Bill Russell area. He won 10 NBA titles. (laughs) Um, Okay. Shut up, Josh. <laughs> anyway, that's right. Okay, I'm gonna make sure I'm right. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of pause. Um, all right, the next question. Um, who did Ben Wallace play for? Um, in college, Ooh. Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, uh, NBA champion Ben Wallace. A. Virginia. B. Maryland. C. Virginia Union or D Delaware State? Mm. 
Oh, I think I know this one. Uh, I, I want to say it's Virginia Union. I want to say. I'm going to go with that. All right, Josh. Five seconds. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> see. Um, that, that is the correct answer. Virginia oh, wow. Union. <laughs> Virginia <laughs> Union. <laughs> <laughs> Virginia <laughs> Uni, he did uh, go there, played, I believe, all four years. Um, oh, let's go. He went to Virginia Union HBCU. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> um, all right, so last question of the night. Um, who was the shortest NBA player that went to HBCU that won an NBA title. Was it A, Muggsy Bowles, B, Daryl Armstrong, C, Avery Bradley, or D, that's I, <laughs> <the> Z, <laughs> other. You got to make up some. <laughs> The oh, other Spud, Spud Webb. Other? Other. Okay. Yeah, Spud Sounds Webb. Good. <laughs> oh man. Um. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you went to HBCU for real, but I'm gonna say Muggsy. Muggsy Bowes. Muggsy Bowes. All right. Yeah. So that's the final answer, right? I don't think Muggsy did. Final answer. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> It was. <laughs> it definitely was. Oh, they're going crazy. Exactly. <laughs> you got it wrong. We get it. Uh, the answer was Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley. Oh, where did he go? Do you he know where he went, went to? Oh. Yes, he went to. Uh, I had it. Was it in Alabama? Because I know he's, no, I think he's he from didn't Alabama. go to Alabama. I think it was Savannah. Oh, I'm thinking of Avery Johnson. Okay, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Yeah, Avery Johnson. He went to Avery Bradley. He went. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I wasn't Avery. Yeah, yeah. It, he went to Southern University. So the Avery Johnson. I said Avery Johnson, right? Okay. I don't know. I thought you said Avery Bradley. Either I, I was thinking of Avery Johnson, though. I could have thought I said Avery Johnson. You said okay. Avery Bradley. I did. Wow. Okay, but Avery yeah, Johnson makes sense, though. That was my fault. That was my fault. Yeah, that's No, my... Daryl Armstrong did not win the championship. So, was it Daryl Armstrong then? Oh, yeah. Daryl Armstrong did go to HBCU. But he didn't win the championship. The question was... <laughs> Who was the shortest player that went to HBCU to win a championship? Got you, got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so Daryl Armstrong won ah, Sixth Man yeah, of the Darryl Year and Most Improved Player of the Year, but he didn't win um, a championship. That was Avery Damn. Johnson. That was my got fault. You. Um, oh yeah, Orlando Magic, very young. Yeah, Armstrong, Orlando Legend. <laughs> but yeah, man, this has definitely been a very shout out, shout out. insightful episode. I sure. got, you know, we got a lot of good talks out of this episode. 
um, with my main man Josh. He definitely laid it down, did his thing on this uh, sure. on this episode for sure. And you appreciate know, appreciate you, Brody. We definitely, we definitely appreciate you coming, man, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. I appreciate oh yeah, for sure. Me. Well, everybody, we're going to wrap this thing up. And that is it with another episode uh, from the Nosebleeds. Tune in. Hey, appreciate you. It's dealing with me, then he got the blues in the pouch. Took her to the forest, put the wood in the mouth. Bitch, don't wear no shoes in my house. The pilot I'm flying in, I never want to fly again. I take my chances in half.